Welcome to The Well Podcast. We hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and give you practical ways to strengthen your relationships. To find out more, visit thewell.ca. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, My name is uh, Jeremy. Um, I'm one of the elders here at The Well. Uh, And it's really my my privilege to be here uh, today um, and to uh, lead you through the message. Um, Today is week three of a five-week series that we have called Women of Faith That Changed or Are Changing the World. Two weeks ago, Vijay talked about Mary Magdalene and the tenacious faith she had as one of Jesus' disciples and how she represented such a radical shift in how we should view the importance of women in society. And last week, if you were with us, Melissa shared the powerful story of Cheryl Bear, an Indigenous woman who was working to inspire other Indigenous people to know the love and reconciling work of Jesus by contextualizing his story, making it more relatable to indigenous communities. And so today we're talking about another courageous woman of faith, a black woman of faith. And so I do just want to pause before I get into it and sort of talk about, I know two seemingly obvious things, but I think, you know, important for me to say. One is that I recognize I'm not a woman. And so therefore, am limited in my ability to really empathize and understand what it feels like to be a woman of faith. I mean, thankfully through my life, I've been surrounded by many. Uh, I married one. Uh, I was born into a family of many. I'm surrounded by many in this community and I'm, I'm trying to raise one too. I am also not black. And so I cannot pretend to fully understand and relate to the impact of racism. I am grateful for the multicultural city that we live in the multicultural place where I work, um, the multicultural community that we have here at The Well and the friendships that I've made therein. And so it was really, I'd say, humbling for me to be here today um, with the task of being able to bring forward a story of a black woman of faith, a story you know, worth knowing, um, worth remembering, and I, I, I hope uh, worth learning from. So, um, just before I do reveal today's, uh, who today's story is all about, um, one more quick note about the service today. It is August 15th, uh, and August means all together now services at the well. Where we are, well, just that, all together. Uh, kids, adults, babies, grandparents, everyone together. Which makes, I think, for the perfect environment for a little interaction, uh, a little participation, and uh, a little noise. So I am going to start with a question for you that you can think about and then some more questions to get you to answer about what you thought about. And I know I'm sure there was an easier way to say that, but follow along and and, and it'll make sense. So I do want you to just take a minute with the people around you, uh, sitting beside you, uh, or just reflect on it on your own if you happen to be, you know, sort of watching by yourself. But think about a, a, a favorite movie experience that you've had in your life. Uh, what was the movie, uh, who were you with, and think about what made the experience memorable. So just take a minute and, and, and chat.
Okay. Um, hopefully, you've had some time time to discuss and some memories, some good memories were, were coming back to you. Um, and sort of, like I, I'll take a few seconds here and just kind of do almost like a quick poll. I know I, know I can't see you right now, but uh, don't, you know, hesitate to sort of raise your hand if this applies to you. So as you sort of thought about that memorable experience, uh, for, you, for how many of you did that involve being at a theater? Um, maybe it was a special night out, maybe it was like a special theater, like an IMAX theater or something that made it really interesting and memorable. Uh, for some of you, how many of that was, was at home? It was, uh, you know, maybe in your favorite room or your favorite spot on the couch or um, something that made it really cozy and, and, and memorable. Um, how about, you know, who you were with? Like how many involved being sort of with your whole family? Um, maybe you were with friends. Uh, maybe you were with a girlfriend, boyfriend, or a spouse, um, and that made it, you know, sort of really special. It was the it was the people that you were with that made it so memorable. Or how many of you involved snacks? Maybe movie time is the time to, you know, eat your favorite snacks or that you know very fake buttery popcorn or whatever, and and that's really what you know you remember um, as being memorable. Or you know, um, for some of you, how many involved you getting arrested? Yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope none of you. Um, and because, uh, yes, I did say uh, arrested. Because um, interestingly, for today's woman of faith, that is exactly what happened. So I'd like to introduce you to uh, Viola Desmond, um, a Canadian. She was born in 1914. Uh, Viola grew up in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She was one of 11 kids uh, born to James and Gwendolyn. Uh, James, her father, was raised in a middle-class black family, and Gwendolyn, who was white, was the daughter of a reverend who had moved to Halifax from Connecticut when he became the pastor of the Cornwallis Street Baptist Church in the north end of Halifax. So now marriage between two different cultures, uh, in this case a, a black person and a white person, was not common in those days. But the family was accepted and very active in the black community in Halifax. And I know while it sounds like maybe a quick note in the background of who Viola Desmond is, I think that idea of being different yet accepted into the community is an important one and something we're going to come back to. Faith played a key role in Viola's family growing up. Much of the back, uh, black community attended the Baptist church where Viola's grandfather had been reverend and whether her, uh, her mother liked to attend. James, her father, grew up in the Anglican church, and so often the family would worship there on Sundays, accompanied by midweek visits to the Baptist church, typically then just her mother and some of the kids. So a lot of church growing up. In fact, some of Viola's sisters started attending a Catholic church, which was pretty uncommon in the black community at the time, but accepted and blessed by her parents. Her father, James, was quoted as saying, as long as my children attend church, I don't care what church they go to. And that, to me, I think really speaks to how valuable and important having a faith-based community was for blacks in Canada at that time. Now, you see, being black in the early 1900s meant life was more challenging. I think opportunities for education, for work, for trying to build a better life, for a good life for your family were limited. I mean, racism was a, a real barrier. I mean, and sadly, in a hundred years since then, while society has made some positive and progressive steps, racism is still present. And some of you have felt it, you know, and, and some of you know people who have experienced it, you know, firsthand. 
And I think what Viola's father then was trying to say about just wanting his kids to go to church was that he knew that life would be hard for his black kids, but that with love and acceptance and common faith found in a church community, that they would grow up with a strong sense of belonging and character. Now, fast forward a few years and Viola is now smitten with, or you know, crushing on, uh, Jack Desmond, the first registered black barber in Halifax. Uh, the two were married in 1936 in the Baptist church and they did a lot together. They actually worked together and they were quite active in the church community as well. Um, and so, okay, I think you're probably now saying, hey, wait, wait a second, didn't you say something about being arrested? Um, can you maybe get back to that interesting part of the story and enough with this sort of backstory, backstory stuff? So yes, okay, I will. Um, so fast forward a few more years. It is now 1946 and Viola finds herself in New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, a couple hours away from Halifax, and she decided to go watch a movie. Now, watching a movie in 1946 is very different than going to watch a movie today. It wasn't about opening up your Netflix app and just streaming a movie. It wasn't even about even turning on your TV. I mean, this was six years before the CBC even, uh, even launched. So Viola had to go to a theater, and so she did. She walks in, asks to purchase a more expensive ticket on the main floor because her eyesight was poor and she couldn't see properly from further back or from upstairs. And she is told that the theater can't sell downstairs tickets to you people. Can you believe that? Like, has anybody ever said that to you? Like, have you ever been called you people before? I certainly hope not. But sadly, segregation was really still too common a practice. And even though her neighborhood was more accepting, many other parts of the province, many other parts of the country were not. Okay, so now I know segregation is a big word. And some of you kids may not know what that means. It means treating people differently because they aren't like you. And in this case, it wasn't, you know, in this case, it was because Viola was black, not white. And when I say treating people differently, uh, it's not like, you know, you might give your brother or sister the smaller piece of cake because they're your, you know, brother or sister. Um, this is about creating rules to make sure that there are uh, those that are different from you are actually separated from you. Like, how terrible is that? Like, they're actually, you know, you want them to be away from you. And at that time in Canada, many white people didn't even want to be near black people. They thought white people were better and black people were less than. Do you think God feels that way? Um, the answer is obviously absolutely not. Um, Melissa last week reminded us just how devastating treating people differently because of their race can be. And she reminded us that we have a God that made all of us and loves all of us. God made people of all races and loves them all the same. And Viola knew that. Growing up in the church taught her that she is a child of God and so should not be treated less than because of the color of her skin, because God would not do that. So she took her ticket and in that moment, she had a decision to make. She could take the path of least resistance, cooperate with the rules, as unjust as they were, she could cooperate. And like probably happened many times to many other black people and probably was just what was expected of black people, she could go sit upstairs. Or 
She could do none of that and not do the expected thing, not do the thing that continues to in some way say racism was okay and stand up for herself, stand up for what was right and sit downstairs anyway. And so that is exactly what Viola Desmond did. Now, <laughs> how, how brave was that? Uh, I don't know if I could have done that. Um, and so once they noticed, they went and asked her to leave. And her courage remained and she refused. So then they dragged her out of the theater and they actually injured her in the process. And then they arrested her and they put her in jail for the night. Now, can you imagine if that happened today? I mean, she was a Black Lives Matter OG. And if I'm honest, like I think, like I probably would have just moved if it was me, if I was, you know, her or whatever. I think I probably wouldn't have wanted to create the disruption. And then I probably would have thought of all the things that I should have done or said, you know, on my way home. But Viola, thankfully, had the kind of courage that comes from truly seeing yourself the way God sees you. But things were very different back then. And when she returned home and wanted to fight it, to do something about the injustice she had just experienced, her husband and some of her family encouraged her to just quietly let it go. The truth is, they were actually ashamed of Viola and felt that this incident was going to inconvenience them and might cause others to think less than of them as well for creating this disturbance because of their association with Viola. Like her own husband and sister didn't have her back in that critical moment. Like how hard do you think that would have been for her? But thankfully, her church did have her back. They immediately came alongside her and supported her, both emotionally and financially. They affirmed to her that she was not less than in the eyes of God and that she shouldn't be seen that way by society either. They helped her and uh, find and pay for a lawyer to actually fight the case. Unfortunately, the lawyer wasn't a good one and chose the wrong strategy and they lost the case and she was convicted of all things, actually, of tax evasion for the one cent extra tax that the downstairs ticket cost. Can you believe that? Um, ridiculous. Anyways, it was over at least for a time because even though they lost the case, um, I do think there is something so important going on here. Uh, something so important that Jesus' own brother, James, wrote about it in the Bible. So I just want to take a minute and read a few passages from, uh, a few verses, sorry, from, from James. So I'm reading from James 2, verses 14 to 18. Uh, and some of these verses will be, you know, likely familiar for some of you. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Now, I think what James is saying here is just so interesting. And to say it slightly differently, because kids, I really want you to get this too. He is saying that your actions matter. 
And now you've probably heard your parents or teachers or other adults say, you know, actions speak louder than words. What that means is that your actions, your behavior should support the things that you say. And so just to help illustrate that, to help understand just how powerful actions can be as a way to communicate who you are, your character, and your faith. So what does action, you know, faith in action, faith through deeds look like in real life? Well, let's say you tell your teacher you're going to work harder on your next assignment, right kids? The effort you give on your next assignment will help them believe it. Or if you tell your boss you're going to be a good employee, your actions, working hard, showing up on time, getting along with others, makes them believe it, makes them have faith in you. You tell your family you love them, your actions make them feel it even more. Or if you believe that all people are equal because God loves them all equally, then you're going to act like all people are equal. You're going to push back against inequality. Do you remember how Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself? James is saying that by living a life that loves others the way Jesus told us to is a way to show that you have faith. Living like Jesus is faith in Jesus. And Viola's community showed their faith in Jesus by loving her and supporting her. They had her back when no one else did, when others wanted to cancel her. So I just want to pause for a quick moment as I think this is really incredible and really relevant to today. Like I know that the challenges of sticking up for people when the risks can involve others looking down at us um, is hard. It's really hard. With social media and online gaming, it's so easy to pile on, to cancel people, to kick them out of the game. I've seen it happen. You've seen it happen. We've all seen it happen. But I encourage you, when you know something is wrong, when something is unjust, is promoting inequality, I encourage you to stand up for each other. I think we are a community that does that, but we need to continue to do that for each other and for others in this world that need us to. And speaking, you know, specifically to the youth now, I believe you are a generation of leaders in this regard. I've seen it. I've heard others talk about it too. And it is amazing. And as prevalent as cancel culture can be, I think equally prevalent is your courage and ability to call out what's wrong, to speak out against injustice, to show faith through your deeds. So I commend you. And as for Viola, while it sounds like her story ends there, there is actually much more to her story and a depth to her faith in action that goes beyond that single moment. The clue is that I haven't yet told you why she was at the theater in the first place. But before I get to that, the band is going to lead us in a song called Whom Shall I Fear? And as you sing or as you just sort of take the song in, I want you to reflect on the lyrics as I think there's real encouragement in them. They capture this idea of how our courage to show our faith to others is rooted in God's faithfulness to us. He goes before, he stands behind, and he is always by our side.
Why was Viola Desmond at the theater to begin with? Well, she was on a business trip. Her car had broken down, and while it was getting fixed, Viola had some time to kill. Now, I know that doesn't sound too interesting. You know, wow, a business trip. But a black woman on a business trip in the 1940s wasn't a common occurrence, nor was the fact that the business was actually owned by Viola. You see, Viola had recognized early in her life that education and opportunity was limited to black women as were places to get a good hairstyle. 
So she opened up Vise Studio of Beauty Culture. It was the first studio for black women in Halifax. And it was a huge success. For many, the trip to Vise was the social highlight of the week. And people reflected that it was her sense of humor, her sympathetic nature, and her cheerful, positive outlook on life that people loved. And what I love about this is that she created a place where other black women could feel accepted. We talked about acceptance earlier, and it's that cycle of acceptance that I think is so interesting. And that foundation of faith acted out in community that she grew up with inspired her to give the same to her community as an adult. One woman, recall, well, sorry, one woman recalled that she took all of us kids from the area under her wing and was like a mother to us. And that sense of caring for her community took her business beyond the studio. And actually, Viola created the Desmond School of Beauty Culture, where young black women could be educated and trained to be young entrepreneurs, young business owners themselves. I mean, like, how cool is that? Like, she just, she saw this need and she invested in it over and over. And she had the skills to do something and she used them to help in a really meaningful way. And to me, that is faith in action. So how does then the story end? And while the word end right now for some of you, you know, kids is probably like, hey, yay, it's about to end. Um, Cause I'm sure I've lost a few of you. So to bring you a bit back before I close, um, I think now is a good time to play a bit of a game. So I call this game, name that influencer. I sort of say that pretending like the whole audience is saying it back to me, but um, it's a pretty straightforward game. Uh, I'll show you a picture of an influencer. Uh, you have to name them. So um, as long as you understand the rules, let's get going. Okay, first up. Easy one, I think, for everybody. Uh, the Biebs. Uh, he's growing up so fast, hey? Um, okay, next. I think another easy one, the... Uh, incomparable Oprah Winfrey. I don't know why she is looking that way other than it feels like the, the look of satisfaction to know that you can go up to anybody at any time and say, you get a car and you get a car. And it's just, I wish I could do that too. But um, okay, next. These are going to get a bit harder because I think this one's also easy too. Yeah. Taylor Swift. I think you probably got that one. Um, who's this? Super influential. Love this guy. Barack Obama. Um, this next one I think is going to be maybe a bit harder. I wouldn't have picked this, this kid out, but his name is Ryan. And at the age of nine, he was one of the highest paid YouTubers in the world, if you can believe it. He owned like Ryan's toy review. Um, okay, next. Again, this is where I'm sort of leaning on the youth to be a bit more involved. Uh, Charlie D'Amelio, one of the most infamous TikTokers out there. Um, Next, yeah, no, this one, does anybody know this one? I did not know this one. I had to ask my son for uh, uh, influence on this one. Um, she is, is, goes by the name of Loser Fruit, and she is a gamer. Um, and gamers are taken over. It is, it is crazy uh, how many young people and young, and young girls are, are gaming right now. Okay, one more to go. Anybody? This one, again, is a bit of a trick. Her name is Wanda Robson, and she is Viola's younger sister. Um, and so the reason she is up there, because in many ways, the reason we're talking about Viola today is because of her. Now, if you recall, the theater incident happened in 1946. That was nine years before another very famous story of a black woman in her seat, that of Rosa Parks, who many of you know. 
But Viola's story didn't really have the same notoriety until much later. Viola died in 1965, and almost 40 years later, the momentum that would ultimately lead to Viola being pardoned was sparked with Wanda's desire to use her story to raise awareness of the struggle for equal rights in Canada. So Wanda had recently gone back to school and in 2004, at the age of 77, graduated with an arts degree from Cape Breton University. I think there's a whole story about just that, um, but that's not for today. But it was through that time at university that she was inspired, reinvigorated to tell her sister's story more and more. She became an influencer and she had influence. In 2010, the Nova Scotia government pardoned Viola. Parks are now named after her. Schools are now named after her. And her story is being told more and more. And in 2018, Viola was honored to be the first woman, other than Queen Elizabeth, of course, to be featured by herself on a Canadian banknote, which you can see here. It's also um, sort of vertical, which is quite cool, but you should check it out. Next time you have a $10 bill with her on it, you should study it a little bit. Um, I do also think that it is pretty cool that we picked a justice-seeking, community-serving small business owner to be on the $10 bill, which is also the amount we loan our kids to create their justice-funding, community-engaging small businesses when they have the 30-minute market for the Kids in Crisis Center in Guinea. Anyways, I just think that's kind of cool. Um, but what Wanda did is faith in action. And that's the kind of thing James was referring to. Show me a faith. Show me you believe in Jesus by showing me that you are trying to live like him and fight for justice for those that need it. So a final thought as we wrap up and a challenge for you. This isn't about now sort of suddenly going, about, going out from here and, and doing stuff, but recognizing that you're doing stuff says something about who you are and who you believe in. It says something about your faith. So I want you to imagine something for me. Imagine you're the main character in a Pixar film and they're creating a four-minute reel of you. Just visuals, no words. Just like the clip that we saw in Up. And maybe your whole life is, is too broad. Imagine that this is just for this year. Just 2021. A year in your life. And don't just imagine sort of what's happened so far this year. Think about what's upcoming too. We've got the rest of the summer. Then there's back to school. The, the ups and downs of work. The gatherings with friends and family. Special events. The holidays. The everydays. Sorry, my notes here. Now, who do you imagine, as you think about that, yourself to be? Maybe you're imagining yourself more like a Viola. And there is some injustice happening in and around your life that you have the opportunity to stand up and do something about. Maybe that's a momentary act of courage, like sticking up for yourself if you're getting picked on because you are different, or speaking to a manager or boss you feel is discriminating to you. Or maybe it's not a moment at all, but an ongoing choice to invest in your community, to build up character, create opportunity, and just care for those who have been impacted by injustice. But maybe as you're imagining yourself, you're thinking yourself more like a Wanda. You have an important story to tell and just need to tell it. You've witnessed faith in action by a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, and now have the opportunity to be an influencer on their behalf. Or maybe you see yourself more in the role of the church community. Maybe you have someone in your life, like a friend, coworker, family member that needs you to have their back. 
that person that's being picked on or that colleague that's being discriminated against. And you need to help them feel accepted, help them fight that injustice. And maybe you're someone that can help pull the community together and support them. So if it's a Viola or a Wanda or the church that just came to mind, I just want to encourage you that while it may be hard or uncomfortable to do so, taking steps to put your faith in action is always worth it. Just remember who is always by your side. Let me pray for you, church. Heavenly Father, I love that you love us, all of us, every one of us. You made us both in your image and unique, which is just such an awesome thought that there are 7 billion plus people that all share the same image of you imprinted on who we are. Yet we can also be so unique and individual, different cultural backgrounds, different interests and passions, different skills and talents, different purposes, different journeys and different challenges we face. Lord, I pray that as we live in a world that is broken and too often unjust, that you strengthen us in the knowledge that you are always by our side, that you give us the courage to put our faith in you in action. And in doing so, may we be able to shine more of the light of Jesus on the world and not do things for our own gain, but to help others who need it feel the justice-seeking, grace-giving, merciful love of Jesus. In your name, amen.